You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I'm Nick Farabow. I write for Pittsburgh Sports Now, work at WPTS Radio, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. Folks, big day today. It's the preview Friday. Obviously, we're going to preview everything Clemson. I'm going to give my thoughts on how Pitt can attack them, how Clemson can maybe get up on Pitt a little bit, and give my prediction at the end of the show. All that coming up on Locked on Pitt. Alright folks, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Pit Podcast, and as always, thank you for making Locked On Pit your first listen every day in today's episode of Locked On Pit is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food, it's a place where friends and family come to reconnect. Folks, we got a big episode today, Pitt versus Clemson. Really a huge game for the Pitt program. It doesn't look huge in terms of, well, these are the implications in the Coastal and these are the implications in the ACC. It's not a massive game. You know, you can pretty much argue Virginia right now looks like the biggest game in that regard. But when you look at terms of program perception, not sure there's going to be a bigger game left on the schedule right now. Pitt has to win this game in order to get that national boost you know they're already getting that they're already getting you know narduzzi's on espn and on sports center talking they're being talked about as wow maybe this team's a surprise playoff team but more importantly this actually a win over clemson even if they're not clemson this year the name right the name of clemson it gives you an extra boost and, and boosts the perception of you as a team even if they aren't what they usually are in 2021. So here's the biggest thing and the biggest matchup this week. Because, man, I'll, I'll, I'll be very upfront with you and we'll talk about it in the second half. It's just tough for me to see Clemson's offense getting going. There's obviously the case where, oh, wow, all of a sudden, there they go. There they go. Mm. They, they play up to their potential, if you will. I don't know if their potential is that much higher than what they're showcasing. I mean, the receivers don't look great, but we'll talk about that later. But the biggest point here, what does Pitt have to do offensively to really get out in front of Clemson's defense? It's a great Clemson defense. Let's pull no punches. This is a great, this is a, quite honestly, if in my opinion, if Clemson's offense were good in the, the usual Clemson offense, this is a defense that is at least good enough to give them a chance to win a national championship. It's on that level. It's not what they had had in 2018 when Kenny Pickett threw for eight yards. It's not that, but it's a good defense that is one of the best in the nation. Georgia's definitely better than them, but you can argue that this is not just a good defense. It's a great defense, and that's the perfect way to, I think, sum up 
Clemson's defense. You know, Miles Murphy, very good football player. Xavier Thomas has been around for a long, long time. Braylon Spector, good player. James Skalski, he's been around forever. I mean, really, this dude's been around forever. And they have really good players. Sheridan Jones, Andrew Booth looks like a future top 10 pick. Mario Goodrich still is there as well. Nolan Turner as well. This is a talented defense. So when we're talking about, oh man, how could Pitt attack them? It's not on a personnel level, right? Let's understand that. There's real no weak spot in this Clemson defense personnel-wise. You're not going to find it. Yeah, Brian Brice is out. Yeah, Tyler Davis is out. You're not going to find a huge weakness. They have five stars. They have legitimate football players here on this side of the football. So when you're talking about Kenny Pickett, what's the key? Do not be fooled by Clemson's disguises. Here's the thing. Brett Venables has had Kenny Pickett's number for a big reason. Kenny Pickett hasn't been able to process what's going on in the back end and then what's coming to him. The blitzes that Clemson runs are plentiful. They are very, very exotic. They're NFL-ish. They're, they're very next-level stuff. And Kenny Pickett, this is your big game for your draft stock, man. Huge game. If you want to really get that up, this is where Kenny Pickett needs to show up. Show he can process everything he sees pre-snap and, and changes post-snap. And, and what they're going to bring with the blitzes. The offensive line has to hold up. The blitzes, the blitzes, the blitzes, the blitzes. Huge. And we talked about that last week against Virginia Tech. The blitzes are going to be huge, right? And listen, Pitt held up really well against those blitzes against Virginia Tech. They're one of only a few teams to actually be allowing like one sack per game. Or less than, than that. You know, the pressures, they're not allowing almost any pressure. They're, they're allowing pressures on less than one-fifth of their snaps. Which is really good. This is a really, really good team in terms of pass protecting. Pitt has that down pat. But Kenny Pickett has to process the defenses behind him. There are ball hawks here. Andrew Booth is going to be fantastic. And that's the thing here. You look at, oh, you know, the stats. Passes intercepted. It's not like it's crazy. They've only intercepted six. That's not crazy. But red zone defense, for example, they're fifth in the nation. Clemson's fifth in the nation, and Pitt is obviously a strength of that. Pitt has scored the most FBS touchdowns out of the red zone this year. So that's going to be a key match. Pitt has to crack that. They have to crack it if they really are going to do this. Scoring defense-wise, obviously Clemson is great there. They really don't allow you to score much at all. I mean, all you have to look at is what Clemson has done. You know, Georgia only scoring really three points on them defensively, I mean, very impressive performance there. NC State scored 27, but that was in overtime. Boston College 13, Qs 14, Georgia Tech 6, or 8, I, eight rather. You know, I mean, they this team has done great defensively. So pick up the blitzes is a huge one. Two, get Jordan Addison involved because Jordan Addison is your premier talent. If Jordan Addison gets involved and gets has a good game here, this is going to be much better for Pitt. You have to free him up, create some rubs, let him go and do his thing. Jordan Addison's huge. They have to have a nice game from Jordan Addison. I mean, it would be nice if Izzy Abaney Candid could run, Vincent Davis, you know, they, they could get a running game going. That would help. But more importantly, get your guy going. Get Jordan Addison going. Huge, huge, huge. This is where you can't, you can see them sometimes have struggle. You know, 
Clemson has had to struggle on the ground. Sean Tucker, for example, two big runs there. Um, maybe Izzy can hit a big run. You would hope that. I think he has enough speed even against Clemson to beat them to the edge. Um, he's that fast. But you look at Pitt overall, and their big thing, you got to get over the 12.5 mark. I mean, 12.5 points per game allowed by Clemson is phenomenal. And, and Pitt more so has to take care of the football. Kenny Pickett has to take care of the football. They have to protect Kenny Pickett. He has to be able to process what's going on there with the blitzes and up front, and I think things will come. The blitzes will open up things on the back end. It'll open up things. He'll be able to read things short. You know, his average depth of target on blitzes this year is only about 7 yards. It's not bad. But he's also completing 74% of his passes on them. That's a career high for, for Kenny Pickett on blitzes. So Kenny Pickett is going to really need to, con to continue carrying over this performance against blitzes. And just hit the stuff behind him. It doesn't have to always be explosive. It just has to be the right read. That's the more important thing for Kenny Pickett. The run game would be nice. Yes, get Jordan Addison going. Get your guy going. Know your hot read. Know all of that. If this offense wants to move the ball well and get significant points against them, you know, 20-plus points, picking up those blitzes on the offensive line, Kenny Pickett processing them, taking care of the football, your three big keys offensively, and I think Pitt has the capability to do all three of those things, and I think they can score 20-plus on this Clemson defense. I think that they can get legitimate points on here. You know, there's there's been little little holes in this defense opening up every now and then. I think Pitt, if they can hit some plays behind on those blitzes, and if, if they start hitting those and Clemson then starts to drop eight, man, you might see Pitt really start to control this game offensively. Those are the keys for Pitt offensively. So let's go over to the defense now. What does Pitt have to do to make sure DJ Uyagagale and the Clemson offense doesn't find their rhythm? Well, I'll talk about that. But first, folks, I want to let you know about McDonald's because McDonald's is proudly serving their community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have defendable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of french fries and McFlurries. And win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. And folks, you can come to McDonald's after anything. A Little League game, for example. You need to get some homework done. Connect to the Wi-Fi, birthday parties, anything you want, you can go to McDonald's. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. McDonald's, I'm loving it. folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast let's talk about this pit defense so we now know phil campbell will be available obviously he did not play last week against virginia tech pat narduzzi said as such today phil campbell will play against clemson that'll be a nice addition to the linebacking core for pit obviously one of their more experienced guys and again when you're facing a team like clemson i think the more experience you have the better and phil campbell is one of those generals of that group, along with guys like Cam Bright and John Patrician and Chase Pine. Just guys that have played and been around the block a lot, so that'll be nice. Keyshawn Camp, you know, we, we don't really know what's going to go on with Keyshawn Camp. But, to be fair, it sounds like he's okay. So, if Pitt can have Keyshawn Camp, I think that'll be huge. The thing about Pitt's defense is, the last two games... They have improved a lot in terms of, of not just the box score, but also just in the way of which they're playing against certain things schematically, right? So RPOs, for example, 
Western Michigan killed Pitt on RPOs. So what's Pitt started to do? They started to sling their run fits, um, which is really, I think, a stroke of, of ingenuity from Pitt. Um, just just a change of, of how they're playing the run, right? Um, it, it's not always, oh, man, let's let's go in and fly downhill, and that's the only thing we're keying in on as linebackers. No, now the linebackers are actually processing keys, staying back more. It's, it's actually a very cerebral position now in the pit defense, and they can really adjust to it because they're such a veteran group, right? The youngest guy in the group right now that's getting significant time is Brandon George, but you look at Servasia Denise, he's probably the youngest if you want to talk about starter-level guys in terms of that top six rotation. Um, so these are guys that have been around the block. These are guys that know what they're doing, that have been in the scheme for multiple years now. So this is really not an issue for them, right? So slinging the run fits, what does that mean, right? Um, so slinging your run fits means you're actually just keying in on what the quarterback is doing um, from a eye standpoint. So if he's looking you down, man, you're going to play the pass. If he's staring down that running back, you're going to play the run. It's, it's basically, yeah, it, it sounds a lot <laughs> simpler than you would think, but... Slinging those run fits is huge, and Pitt wasn't doing that before. It was always, man, let's just key in on the run and just go. I mean, it's not anymore. So now you have linebackers in passing lanes, so the middle of the field becomes a little less closed. You're playing middle of the field open coverage like it's middle of the field closed coverage. Pitt essentially always, Pitt really doesn't play a middle of the field open, middle of the field closed type of stuff because they're just in man-to-man all the time. So it completely depends upon the leverage of your free safety usually or your safeties rather um but slinging those fits makes you play a middle of the field open coverage essentially like a middle of the field close coverage which is really good for a team that plays like cover zero and i think that's going to be key this week when you talk about dj uyagagale trying to really hit those rpos again we had matt conley on earlier this week uh yesterday and he said you know they don't do a ton of rpos and that's not really their strength so don't expect them you know They'll probably run Kobe Pace a little bit. They'll try and get him going. He's looked decent, but Pitt's been a really good run defense. The second best run defense, in fact, in the ACC. So this has been a run defense that has really not given up much. Um, And if you look at what they did against Virginia Tech, a a team that really needed the rushing game, and and they did a great job of just staying disciplined, flying to the football. Blackshear, Holston couldn't get anything going, you know, Burmeister got nothing going. They held him under 100 rushing yards, and most of the rushing yards they got, you know, it was about 50 rushing yards until that last drive when they ripped off a few key runs with Malachi Thomas, um, and, and that's kind of the big thing for Pitt. They look good in that area. The running game, I don't think, is going to be a huge factor here. I think more so the the, the mobility of DJ Uyagagale, not maybe as a runner, but more so as a, a pocket extender the play extender is going to be big and and I think the key thing when I look at this matchup is not that I don't think Pitt can wreak havoc I think the Pitt D-line can really mess things up I think that their their blitzes are going to be really key I think Pitt has their own really good blitzes um and I think those are going to be huge you know sending the linebackers sending guys from the second level really mixing things up and making sure that it's not the same look and you're going to confuse DJ Uyagagale, who's who, in his credit, I think DJ Uyagagale played decent against Syracuse. I don't think he played bad, um, but the offensive line was awful. And, and I think Pitt just, you know, Syracuse has a solid defense. I, they do. I also think Pitt is the better D-line, though. And when you look at Pitt's D-line with guys like Cansey, hopefully Camp, Alexander, Baldonado, Morgan, 
all these guys that are really solid football players. You just look at it down and up. I think, folks, it's it's pretty simple here. You just expect the defensive line to show up in a big way, and they have to show up in a big way. That's the point. This defensive line has to play big. They have to get a few sacks. I think they will get a few sacks. I don't think this Clemson D line is ready for what Pitt is bringing on the blitz front. I think they'll get to DJ Wigale at least two or more times in this game. Um, I think they're going to be solid um, on that front. I think the biggest thing that scares you is, is the height of these Clemson receivers. You know, Clemson doesn't have different types of receivers. You know, they don't have an Amari Rodgers type, for example. Um, they don't have a shifty dude that can separate. And, and that's interesting to me. They don't have that slot type. So they have a lot of guys that are big. Justin Ross, Joe Nagata, Aju Aju. You know, these guys are big dudes, but they don't really separate. They're jump ball 50-50 guys. This is where if you are Clemson, you're going to win and get your explosive plays, right? It's going to be your big play potential because that's what you're going to need. You're going to need Justin Ross to make a few catches over a guy like Marquez Williams. I think Marquez Williams is the X factor defensively in this one. I don't think that they're going to be able to attack much of the middle of the field. I, I don't. I think that Clemson's going to look to attack the boundary because they have to. And their biggest thing is going to be somehow stopping Pitt's pass defense from actually slowing down guys like Ross, Nagata, Ajoa Joe, stuff like this. So those jump balls, they're going to have to keep, make a few of them and, and turn them into explosive plays in short fields. I think they might get one or two, but I think Pitt, you know, as long as they play disciplined football, Marquez Williams is a fighter, man. You just hope you don't get called for too many DPIs because I think that's another potential. Just just throwing the heave balls. Um, you hope you don't have a, a Joe Flacco West game where, you know, Guiagala is just throwing them up on third and long and you're getting them getting bailed out by P DPIs and, and all that stuff. That's what you can't have happen in this game. I think it's more important, though, that you play at a high level. And I think Pitt has the DBs to do. I think Mathis is playing well. I think Devonshire is playing well. I think A.J. Woods is coming off his best game. Kez Williams is a fighter, even though he's small. He's 5'9 on a good day. You know, the safeties are playing their best football of the season. They've adjusted to the RPOs. You look at it, there's not a ton of things to say. Man, why would Clemson break it? The only reason Clemson would break it is because they somehow have this get-right game. And that, to me, is just unlikely. You're not going to bet on that happening. If it happens, it happens. Um, but with the way they've looked this year, it gives me confidence that Pitt's defense can stop them. All right, folks, let's get into prediction time and kind of how I see this game playing out overall. But first, folks, I want to let you know about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. Again, that's the promo code LOCKEDON. So from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, where the game starts. Folks, have you heard about Built Bar? Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Protein bars often taste chalky or waxy or just hard. And, and they don't taste well, but you know you need to have them. But not Built Bar. Built Bar has a lot of flavors. It tastes good. And it's healthy. So, folks, there's nine different flavors. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut, almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry. 
Bar Sia. And Built Bars are low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of all those delicious flavors, folks, you can get them with Built Bar. So folks, go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get your 15% off on your order of Built Bar bars. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 50% off at Built.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Let's dive into how I see this game playing out for Pitt and Clemson. 3.30 on ESPN, Todd Blackledge and Sean McDonough on the call. Folks, this is a big game for Pitt, as I said earlier. Just a massive, massive game. Pitt has to win this one, and I mean it. They have to win this one because it's a pro-gram-changing type of win. It really is. You know, Clemson's not a doormat of a team. They're not a team that's going to roll over and lose. They have a really strong defense. Pitt, though, you just look, and frankly, understand there's a mystique behind Pitt right now. There's a mystique behind Pitt if you're a Pitt fan. And you're like, oh, Lord, this is the game they're going to lose. They lose games like this all the time. If you didn't know these teams were Clemson and Pitt and just looked at the stats, just... Look at the stats and then look at the film. You'd be asking yourself, why in the world is this spread three? You know, why is it so low? I'm telling you right now, this is a deceptively close game in that way. You don't look at the the, the stats and say, this is close. Pitt looks much better on paper. And, and Virginia Tech was kind of the same way. Uh, I think Clemson's a much better... Clemson is is a very comparable team to Virginia Tech. I will say that. And Pitt obviously did well against Virginia Tech. I think DJ Uyagale is more talented than Braxton Burmeister, but he's also not completing nearly as... He's completing about the same amount of passes. He's not as fast as Burmeister. He's got a more talented arm. But, you know, there are parallels there right now between them. The O-line isn't very good for, for them right now. They don't have a great backfield outside of Kobe Pace. The receivers are solid, but have dropped a lot of passes. They had five drops last week. There's a lot of just execution errors, pre-snap penalties with that team. You know, the, the defense is really good, and I think that's kind of the difference between Virginia Tech and Clemson is Clemson actually has an elite defense. But Pitt could have scored more than 28 on Virginia Tech if they wanted to. They could have. Let's be real on that. They took the foot off the gas pedal. They really did. And Pitt just matches up well against teams like Clemson. You look at the, the you just look at the the scheme Narduzzi runs and the type of stuff he does defensively. It's exactly this these are the teams he's built to beat. These are the teams. Bad offenses with maybe really good defenses. Pitt has an offense that can crack the great defenses. I think they'll score 20 plus in this game. I think that Pat Narduzzi's defense is going to put together a strong performance. I think Clemson maybe gets 14 points or so. I think it might be close for a little bit, but I think Pitt's going to end up pulling away on this one. I really do. I think this one is going to be a close game for a little bit there, but I think Pitt, just on paper, on film, everything tells me Pitt should win. Everything. There's almost, I just look at it, and the only thing that would scare you is Pitt's defense giving up a lot of explosive plays, and Clemson hasn't been able to produce those explosive plays. 
And that's the biggest thing. Clemson has opportunity for that, but then we look at it and where are their abilities to produce those plays? They haven't been there, and that's the more important thing. Pitt overall looks like the better team. They just straight up do. This offense is getting better success on third and fourth downs. They look better from a rushing standpoint, a passing standpoint. This team is getting ahead of the sticks more. Defensively, Pitt also is coming is coming down now. You know, Pitt's starting to look better. Yes, the explosive plays are there, but Pitt is starting to look a lot better when you look at their stats. I think Pitt wins this game, and I'm going to give you one. I think Pitt wins this game 28-14. to 14. That's what I think the final will be. I think Pitt's going to end up having success in this game. I think the defense puts up a nice performance. I I'm t- I take Pitt. I just there's so much when I think this team's different, and you look at Kenny Pickett and what he has done, and you look at the talent they have, and you look at the defense now starting to come together. Even though I'm not sure they're completely there yet, this is the type of team they feast upon. They've done it before in the past two weeks. This map, this the rope map for Pitt is completely set there, and they've done it two weeks in a row. Now you got the ultimate version of that team. This is the team I think Pitt is is just beat. They're 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 built to beat. They're built to beat. And you look at it overall, and man, I think this is gonna be a game where people go. I think Pitt might be a little bit different. I think I'm more scared of Virginia, for example, right now than Clemson overall. I think Pitt's gonna win this one. I don't think they're gonna pit it away or anything like that. I think Pitt wins this one, 28 to 14. I'm taking the Panthers. I'm gonna say they're different this year. That is my stance. All right, folks. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Pit your first listen every day. Now, don't forget to make your second listen Locked On ACC. Get all of your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes with ACC expert Candace Cooper. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. And as always, hail to Pit.